0: The National Counties Cricket Association Podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan. Bedfordshire, Berkshire, Buckinghamshire, Cambridgeshire, Cheshire, Cornwall, Cumbria, Devon, Dorset, Herefordshire. The NCCA Podcast. Hertfordshire, Lincolnshire, Norfolk, Northumberland, Oxfordshire, Shropshire, Staffordshire, Suffolk, Suffolk, Wales National Counties, Wiltshire.
1: So welcome to the latest edition of the National Counties Cricket Association podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan. So the knockout trophy is boiling up nicely. We've got a three-day cricket round the corner in July as well. So everything is just about coming together. So Richard, how are you doing after another busy weekend?
2: Yeah, no, all good. Again, some, some sort of great cricket was played by the looks of things around the counties. Um, not always... Without its challenges, though, obviously, we've had some uh, some cancers that have been affected with some COVID issues. Uh, I suppose, obviously, the, the Euros are going on at the moment. We know that England of England and Scotland have been affected, and, uh, and we're no different, I suppose. So, uh, the good news is, I think, all the cancers that have been affected have, have been uh, been acting very responsibly, uh, have been very vigilant, and have had players sit out if they've had any close contacts. Um and obviously, you guys at Cheshire have had probably the biggest impact having to pick a completely different team <laughs> uh, this week just gone. So, yeah, it's it's not without its challenges, but we kind of knew that. Um, the good thing is that we're, we're, we're getting there, we're playing, and I think there's going to be a, a game that might be moved uh, this weekend coming up as well. But um, like I said, everyone's been very responsible. Everyone's sort of taking it on the chin and, and kind of making the best of the situation. And it, it's not impacting... The, the tournament, which is brilliant, really. So a big sort of congrats and thanks to everyone for that. um But, yeah, hopefully another weekend of matches. Hopefully the weather will stay nice. I know we've got a bit of rain down here on the south coast this morning, but hopefully that's going to clear up over the weekend and we can see some some good
1: performances. Absolutely. Everybody's just getting on with it, aren't they? it's uh, It feels like we're up and running and nothing's going to get in the way, even if COVID is rearing its ugly head. So let's see. Yeah, our Fingers crossed, I think.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I think obviously everyone's happy to be out playing cricket. So if it means that one or two people have to sit out here and there, then I think everyone just knows we've got to accept that. Um, what we don't want is that to start being a real trail of somebody plays, continues to play and we get another case here and another case and it just escalates. And obviously that's that's the situation we don't want to get into. So, um, But yeah, like I say, everyone's been great. Everyone's been very responsible and hopefully we won't be, massively impacted and we'll we'll be able to get through the the both the 50 over and the three day and relatively unscathed i suppose wow.
1: i mean c- come the day you'll be able to deal with just cricket i think back at uh, back at base there rather than all this all this ad hoc stuff eh? yeah
2: well with a bit of luck but um, <laughs> yeah i suppose it's part and parcel and like i said it's uh, it's relatively easy because everyone's doing such a great job so no all good
1: all good all good okay so busy weekend should we have a little review
0: yeah absolutely NCCA reviews and previews. Law and Logan on the NCCA pod.
1: Okay, so Richard, first off, then um, a couple of games in Group One, which is going down to the wire.
2: Yeah, indeed, and like we just said, Cheshire were have been impacted more than more than any county really. I mean, to pick a completely different eleven, <laughs> but it didn't have any effect at all by the looks of things, apart from a positive one. And uh, with Cheshire taking on Shropshire. Um, and scoring the highest total of the, of the season so far. They got 365 for eight, um, with Luke Robinson and Edward Fluck, uh, both with 50s, supporting Harry Durden, uh, who scored 100 off 98 balls. So that's, uh, that got Cheshire up to 365. Uh, obviously a tall tall order to get that many runs on any surface, any ground generally. So And it just it seemed a little bit too big for Shropshire. Um, and Cheshire bowled them out for 266. Um, with Chris Steners taking four for, uh, supported by Harry Durden again for, with a two for, and Chris Sanders with two for. Um, so yeah, a really good victory for Cheshire on the on the Shropshire side. They were kind of led very well by Graham Wag again. Who took two wickets uh, and scored 64. Uh, he was supported uh, with by Xavier Clark. Who got 55 as well. So again, some really good individual performances, but a pretty convincing win for you guys up there.
1: It was, yeah, yeah, and uh, eleven different players, as you say. Uh, COVID just just kicked in midweek. Um, I tell you what, though, I wouldn't like to be a selector for uh, for the next round of games. <laughs> yeah,
2: but that's always a good problem to have, right? Yeah, it's that's always true. it's always always nice if you've got people performing. It's when you when you haven't got people performing and you and you, you're scraping around for players. So good problems to have, I suppose, yeah. but. Uh, you uh, you managed to catch up with John Abraham, who's the coach of Shropshire after the game, didn't you?
1: I did. Uh, a guy that you know very well from uh, from your past, Richard, as well.
2: Yeah, he was the coach of the England Under Nineteens for a few of the series that I played. So yeah, I know AB well, um, albeit going back a few years now. But uh, yeah, uh, we've had a few conversations this winter as well. I think he's doing a,
1: a really great job down at Shropshire, so uh, all good. And he was a little bit disappointed, obviously, but not too downhearted.
3: So John Abraham, not the result uh, perhaps Shropshire were looking for. Definitely not, um, but we have to concede that Cheshire played much better than us today in every department, really. Um, They set the standard with their batting, especially in the first 10 overs. It was a good pitch, and the margin for error wasn't great for the bowlers, but we weren't disciplined enough or patient enough to keep enough deliveries in, in areas that would have tested the batsmen, and they took advantage of that and played really well. And They got away to a bit of
1: a flyer, really, didn't they, I guess?
3: Yes, they did. Yes, they did. We talked about, as all teams do, bowling back of a length, looking to hit the top of off. And as I said before, we didn't do that anywhere near enough. Uh, and because of that, we allowed them to get away to a good start, playing shots off, scoring bounds off the front foot and the back foot. But you're not out of it yet. You have a, a game next week at Wem. Uh, we have two games left, and um, we've played two, one one, lost one. Uh, with two games left against good opposition, Staffordshire and Cumbria. Uh, Staffordshire at home at Wem, as you quite rightly say, then Cumbria up at Netherfield. Um, so hopefully, hopefully they, uh, they will produce two better performances uh, and hopefully the result will be in our favour. And it's
1: a transforming side, I understand. It's certainly certainly got some different names there from the last time Cheshire played uh, Shropshire.
3: It is. It is very much so. Um, we missed a whole season last year, as everybody else did. Uh, and having been involved for about 18 months now, uh, we're getting together what we think is a good squad, a squad that hopefully will compete against the other uh, national counties. Uh, and that's what that's what we'll be looking to do. And in the, and in the process, producing one or two young players uh, who potentially can go on and, and obviously represent the county itself, but may go on as well and, and you know, be considered for first-class cricket. And they develop under your guidance. It's great to see John Abraham, who we
1: all know and love, of course, <laughs> from up in the northwest, flying uh, playing his trade at Shropshire. How's that come about, John?
3: When I, when I finished at Lancashire, um, I was contacted by a young man called John Foster, who was captain of Shropshire at the time, who was a boy from Oldham as well, uh, and knew of me, uh, and asked me if I wanted to be professional at Shropshire at that time. So we're talking 89, 90, 91. Uh, and then in the winter of 2019, John, who is now on the committee at Shropshire, uh, again, rang me and asked me if i would be interested in rejoining the county in in the uh, in the role of director of cricket and um, they were looking to go in a different direction um, they wanted someone who had a bit of experience with coaching with dealing with teams and preparing teams and bless them they, they asked me and it was a no-brainer for me really i'd enjoyed my time at shropshire playing down there was looked after really well and the same the same continues now fantastic and Uh, Richard Logan talks a lot about the pathway
1: scenario and of course winning games is one thing but getting those youngsters through is something else. You can add real value to that, can't you?
3: That's what we're looking to do. Absolutely what we're looking to do, yeah. Um, Ultimately our members, our supporters want to see some success, as do the players as do the other cricketers around the clubs in Shropshire as well. That's absolutely right. Um, But as you quite rightly say also with a little bit of guidance to develop the individuals as players, as people And hopefully you never know, if we raise the ceiling for them, you never know what could happen, what opportunities could arise for them.
1: And of course it's three lots, well this year it's two different types of cricket, isn't it? We move on to the three-day game shortly. What sort of approach will you take with that?
3: We, we genuinely, I know your football managers will say one game at a time, yep. and we're genuinely just thinking about that at the moment. Uh, at the backs of our minds, we have thoughts and plans for how the three-day competition could go, uh, which players would be more suited for that. Um, but at the moment, at the forefront of our mind is to just concentrate on the trophy matches, the 50-over competition, and hopefully over the next two games try and rectify what's happened today.
1: Brilliant. Well, it's lovely to see you back in action again. All the very best for the future, and we'll catch you again soon.
3: Hopefully. Thank you very much.
1: The National Counties Cricket Association Podcast. OK, Richard, so uh, the other game in Group 1 saw Staffordshire take on Northumberland at Checkley.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And Staffordshire batted first, uh, managed to get 293 for seven, Um with Louis Allen and Robert Hemming's both scoring 50s uh, but top scoring with 88 was Tim Maxfield and he did that off 56 balls so obviously accelerated the innings there in the middle which looked uh, looked like a pretty convincing uh, a pretty a pretty decent total for Northumberland to try and chase down with Callum Fletcher for Northumberland taking a couple of wickets there And then in reply, uh, Northumberland just came up short. Uh, They ended up with 267 for nine. Um, Alistair Appleby top scored again for 53. Uh, He's having a good season and he's shown some good form in the last few games. Um, And the wickets were pretty much shared around for staff with Tobias, Balcock, Jack Redmond and Robert Hemmings all taking two wickets. So um, a pretty decent win by 30-odd runs for for staffs.
1: So all to play for, really, in Group 1.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think we we said last week when we looked over some of the results, it was very much uh, people have played two, won one, lost mm. one, and I think a lot of uh, there's only maybe a couple of teams that are sort of a hundred percent, and we'll 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 have a look at the tables at the end of the reviews. But I think it's uh, yeah, it's all really close, and there's don't think there's any sort of runaway runaway winners made uh, runaway winners of the groups at the moment, other than maybe one or two.
1: All right, so uh, let's go to the uh, let's go to Group Two then, Rich, and um, the West. Can we call it the West Country Derby? I don't know. Yeah, the uh, yeah. Scone Derby. We called it last week, didn't we? But yeah, down at Red Devon and Cornwall.
2: That's right. So Devon and Cornwall played. Devon batted first um, and posted two hundred and forty nine. So again, another another decent total, really. Um, uh, two hundred forty nine for eight. They ended up with um, Matt Thompson uh, got eighty. Uh, but was led by Matthew Golding, who, who got a hundred. Um, Backed very nicely. Um, and yeah, there was Thomas Wells, uh, who's been in pretty good form as well. Uh, he took three for 54 uh, and was supported by Ben Ellis and Craig Johnson, who who got a couple of wickets each as well. Um, so yeah, Cornwall were trying to chase down 250 to vic- for victory, but ended up a little bit short, uh, ended up on 235 for nine. They've had some close games, Cornwall. And, um, but again, Thomas Wells continued his good form with bat and ball, got 54, and, and Greg Smith scored 57 as well. But it wasn't quite enough to get them over the line. Um, with Leonard and Haggart for, for Devon taking three wickets each, so a pretty decent win for Devon, and I think that gets them off the mark.
1: Yep, it does. With some uh, does yeah, and another group bubbling up nicely. Um, Pace setters Herefordshire were at Warminster taking on Wiltshire.
2: They were, and I think this was rain affected. Um, well, I know it was rain affected because so I was going to go down, but uh, didn't in the end because it was it was pretty bleak down here on Sunday hmm. morning. But they managed they managed to get a game in, um, and it looked like a pretty decent one. Although Herefordshire did win away victory, uh, victor, sorry. Um, Wiltshire batted first, and uh, Tom Morton. Led led the way with 52 runs. They set a total of 141 to win off their 19 overs. Uh, and Herefordshire by the end of it, actually got them pretty easily. Uh, they knocked them off in the in the 14th over uh, with Matt Pardo and, and Hammond both scoring 50s, uh, both off sort of 30 balls as well. So obviously with a reduced game, it was all attack. Uh, and I, yeah, I think they were going at 10 10 and over, so a proper sort of T20 style game really. Um, with Morgan taking two for two for 28 but yeah that wasn't enough for, to stop Hereford and they they got home pretty comfortably in the end with sort of four and a half
0: five overs to spare
1: Steaming in, steaming in. Okay, that's Group 2.
0: All your National Counties Cricket Association news. The NCCA podcast, Lincolnshire.
4: Grantham's mayor, Arthur Priestley, who actually played for Nottinghamshire, was instrumental in establishing a county cricket organisation in Lincolnshire in 1853. The present Lincolnshire County Cricket Club was founded on 28th September 1906 and competed in Minor Counties Championship from 1907 to 1914 and then again from 1924. The county has won the Minor Counties Championship twice, in 1966 and 2003, and shared the title with Cheshire in 2001. They've yet to win the knockout trophy. Lincolnshire cricketers to make an impact in the first-class game include Arthur Priestley, MP, Duncan Fernley, Norman McVickett, Ian Moore and Geoff Cope. The county plays its home games predominantly at Grantham, but also at Cleethorpes and Bourne. So, uh,
1: knockout trophy week three, Richard. And in group three, Hertfordshire hosted Norfolk at uh, Bishop Stortford.
2: Yeah, and Hertfordshire batted first. Uh, A relatively modest total. Uh, They were bowled out for 148, um, with keeping getting 57 of those. Um, But Hamby and Watson uh, obviously bowled very well, both taking three wickets. Hamby three for 25 and Watson three for 35. Uh, and Norfolk, by the looks of it, knocked them off really comfortably. Uh, in the 37th over, they were 151 for one at the end. So, that was led by Sam Artherton, uh, with 9-1 again. He started the season very well. Um, and Tom New showing his experience, just guiding them guiding them over the line. Uh, I think in his 42-night out, I'm not sure he even hit a boundary. So, you can kind of sense that that was a very sensible innings where he just sort of steered the team home. So, um, yeah, a good win for Norfolk, and I think Hearts. Uh, yeah, they've not quite hit their straps yet. Um, so fingers crossed. A couple of games left, or they uh, they can they can come out the blocks a bit and get a, get a win before the end of the, the group series. Yeah.
1: Okay, and then over there in Mildenhall, it was Suffolk against Lincolnshire.
2: Yeah. Um, again, another another decent uh, decent total um, set by Lincolnshire batting first. Uh, they got two hundred and forty nine for nine. Uh, Joe Kendall, 42, Sam Johnson, 41, but Ben Coddington uh, top-scored with 51, um, but Suffolk managed to knock those off um, pretty easily, I think, uh, ended up 250 for seven, uh, with Joe Gatting uh, sort of steering them home with 81 not out, supported by Alex Oxley with 46, and um, And in the Lincoln trainings, Jack Beaumont for Suffolk uh, got four for thirty-seven. He was the leading wicket taker. Uh, So yeah, a pretty, a pretty good win for Suffolk there.
1: Okay. So uh, in Group Four, Richard, where we've we've seen some fireworks so far. Now Berkshire weren't playing this week. The first game was Bedfordshire against Buckinghamshire. Yeah, and Bucks batted. Bucks batted first, um, and were bowled out for one hundred and ninety-four.
2: Michael Payne top scored with sixty-nine, with Jack Fuller, Tom Brett. and Kashif Ali all taking a couple of wickets to restrict them to the, that total, and uh, um, Beds managed to get them only three down, so a relatively comfortable victory. Uh, Eddie Ballard top scored with 64, uh, and James Kettleborough finished on out to get them over the line. So a good win for Beds.
1: And finally, then the other game in Group Four, which we talked about a lot last week, was uh, Oxfordshire taking on uh, Wales. Have had such a flyer so far.
2: Yeah, and I think it lived up to it, really, although it wasn't a massively high-scoring game. Um, Oxfordshire batted first, uh, ended up 202 for eight, uh, with Tom Harper uh, scoring 55 and Harrison Ford on 47. Um, and Wales managed to just get over the line um, with one ball to spare, so a really close finish. It lived up to the hype, I suppose. Uh, and Oscar Colk top-scored with 58. Uh, again, he started really well, had a couple of 50s, I think, and... Um, and yeah, Ted Phillips, uh, he he had, a, he, I think he got 17. out at the end, but he'd also taken two for, an, and he's taken a couple of wickets uh, in in the previous games as well. So Wales have really started well. I think that's three from three for them. Um, so there, uh, as we have a look at the tables, no doubt they're they're flying high at the top.
1: They are flying high at the top. Uh, they are top three games, six points. Uh, Oxfordshire second uh, with the two points. In fact, Oxfordshire, Berkshire, and Bedfordshire. Uh, I've all got two points from, from uh, two games. I'm sorry, Bedfordshire played three games. Buckinghamshire wooden spooners at the moment to uh, the bottom there. This weekend, Buckinghamshire take on Oxfordshire and Wales take on Berkshire. So Wales pretty much there, aren't they? And Berkshire with a bit of work to do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it'd be it'd be interesting to see how they can come back and fight back and hopefully for them get into the knockout stages. But um, yeah, we might with. With the tables all looking really close, really across the board, um, we might have to brush up on our uh, yeah. on our run run rate <laughs> know. um, knowledge. But uh, yeah, we've got a couple of weeks to work that out. But uh, <laughs> no, I think everything seems to be poised to to be really well. You can uh, there's some really good performances both from teams and individuals across the board. So it's uh, yeah, it's really in full swing now. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they, that the last couple of weeks play out.
1: Yeah, very much so. Uh, do you want to just run through the other tables whilst we're, whilst we're there? In reverse order, perhaps. Group three? Yeah, yeah go for it. Uh, well, Group group three's got Cambridgeshire at the top, uh, four points from two, followed by uh, Lincolnshire, who played three games. They've got two points. And then everybody else on two points. Uh, Hertfordshire wouldn't spin us there at the minute uh, with two from three games. Uh, so, yeah, a big one this week is Lincolnshire-Cambridgeshire, isn't it? One against two. So, we'll see. Um Group two, Richard, uh, Herefordshire, they've had a, a great start, haven't they? Uh, three games, four points, uh, followed by Cornwall with two points. Uh, in fact, everybody else is, is on two points. And then in group one, uh, we talked a fair bit about Cumbria. Uh, they're leading the group. They didn't play in the latest round again, so they've got two to play. They're top of the table there with four points. Cheshire second with four points, but they're uh, the only team to have played three games in, in that group. Uh, so again, anyone's uh, anyone's group there? Um, yeah I think you're right it's net run rate time coming up <laughs> dreading it
2: <laughs> yeah well let's uh, let's brush up on that over the next couple of weeks and hopefully <laughs> we can uh, we can give some clarity to that uh, after the next couple of group games
1: <laughs> brilliant three down then two weeks to go the ncca most valuable player here on the pod so the mvp has had you scratching your head and sending caps out and all sorts richard what's been going on this week
0: yeah
2: again like, like we just said there's there's been some really great performances so uh each week we we go through and we use the formula that I've got to to work out who's the the leading performer it's try to be to to ensure that we actually look at the overall player rather than just the leading run scorers and the leading wicket takers because we feel that, that gives everybody an opportunity not least the wicket keepers with their dismissals as well so I think it's working really well uh, and there's some great performances um Last week, we've got three of the three players who all scored 10 points uh, in Sam Arderton from Norfolk, uh, Joe Gatting from Suffolk and Oscar Colk uh, from Wales. Uh, like I say, they all scored 10 points. Matthew Golding with his 100 for Devon uh, got through on 11 points. Uh, I think special mention has to go to uh, Oscar Colk Actually, he scored 50, but he took four catches um, and, he, and he's not a wicketkeeper, I understand. Mm. So uh, that's a that's a pretty, pretty decent effort. Um, and then but leading the way. Uh, a Cheshire lad, uh, Harry Durden, uh, scored 100, uh, took a couple of wickets and I think he got a catch or two as well. So all those things sort of adding up and uh, his team won as well. So there's additional points for that. Um, and he, he came out on top by a couple of points with 13. So, uh, yeah, cap, cap should be in Harry's hand today, hopefully. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how the next, the next week plays out. But um, I think you mentioned a minute ago Cumbria uh, and... Cambridgeshire who are the two leading players Michael Slack and Ben Seabrook uh, they were at the top of the table neither of them played this week so it gave an opportunity for some of the other guys to catch up and catch up they did. Uh, Michael Slack is still leading actually with 22 points the overall table from Cumbria um, but Thomas Wells from Cornwall uh, a pretty consistent performer over the last few weeks he's on 21 points now uh, and Graham Wagg from Shropshire is on 20 points so that's really really uh really nice and close now and hopefully those guys can continue to put in good performances and there's a few people just behind them as well that can that can push forward and and uh give Michael Slack a run for his money when he gets back into uh the games this Sunday.
1: You're talking about um Harry there uh just one thing to add and and Graham Wagg I was just saying it wasn't Graham Wagg in fact I think it was um uh, Xavier Clark, uh, he caught out. It was one of those fantastic catches that looks quite spectacular when you kind of you know, step over the boundary, just push it up in the air and then run back on and, and take it again. So, uh, yeah, well, good catch in there. It's
2: amazing how many of those catches we're seeing now. Yeah. It's just incredible. Like We see them on TV and it's um, it's incredible. But the boys practice them, I suppose. They, they practice them and practice them in, in training and it kind of becomes second nature. And I, I'd imagine actually when you're fielding and the ball comes over and you're thinking, this is going to be one of those. This is, they, they probably get quite excited by the fact that they can actually sort of pull out that sort of skill that they've been practising. So uh, it's a, I find it amazing the amount of, of those catches we see, and We see some incredible athleticism and uh, and it's great. We're seeing that sort of filter down into the, the National Councils as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much so. Great stuff. So, uh, yeah, caps flying out right, left and centre. Let's see what happens this weekend. All your National
0: Counties Cricket Association news.
4: Staffordshire! The present Staffordshire County Club was founded on 24th November 1871 and took part in the first Minor Counties Championship in 1895. The club then lapsed for four years but has been a member continuously since 1900. Staffordshire has won the Minor Counties Championship 11 times, most recently against Wiltshire in 2014. They've also won the Knockout Trophy twice since its inception in 1983. There's an impressive list of notable players who represented Staffordshire, including Rob Bailey, Sidney Barnes, Kim Barnett, Dilip Ben-Sakar, Dominic Cork, Ken Higgs, Charles Palmer, David Steele and Bob Taylor. Staffordshire's home grounds include Nipersley, Hemheath, Checkley, Stone, Longton, West Bromwich and Dartmouth.
0: The NCCA podcast with Jim Law and Richard Logan. So
1: Richard, I've been quite looking forward to this bit actually. Uh, it's, yeah. uh, it's Law versus Logie isn't it? It's our little uh, our little prediction game. Um, we look back on uh, on the results of week three.
2: Yeah, I was actually hoping we could skip over this <laughs> this week, but uh, I know it, it doesn't. It doesn't work like that, does it? And where there's uh, there's no room for gloating. There's also you got to you got to put your head up, I suppose, and you don't do very well. But apologies to all the counties. I obviously picked everything, pretty much everything, wrong this week. But I'll just quickly run through. So, uh, yeah, Cheshire versus Shropshire. I picked Shropshire, as we just heard. Cheshire uh, put on three hundred and sixty-five, so they comfortably won that uh staffs versus northumberland at least my my home county came good for me and gave me one point this week um cornwall and devon i picked cornwall uh wilts in herefordshire i picked wilts hearts and norfolk i picked hearts suffolk and links i picked links beds and books i picked books and oxford and wales i picked oxford and all of those results went the other way so uh one out of eight this week um and I had, a, I had a very nice message from uh, Mike Hamby at Norfolk saying uh, that the Norfolk lads took great joy in um, winning that game <laughs> and proving me wrong. And they used that as a bit of motivation. So, at least they did some good, I suppose, for the Norfolk lads. But, um, yeah, one out of eight, which adds to my uh, six out of eight. So, I'm on, I'm on seven points after my two weeks. So, just two points ahead, but you obviously have this week to go. So... Very very quickly, I'll happily hand over to you <laughs> to run through the the fixtures this week and then go through your picks.
1: I think more luck than judgement with me. Um, okay, um, so who do we have? Well, in Group One we have Northumberland against Cumbria. Um, it's difficult, I think, to see beyond Cumbria at the moment. Having seen them in action this year, or both those sides in action this year, in fact, um, Cumbria at the top of the league at the moment. Rich, I'm going to go with Cumbria to beat uh, Northumberland. Yeah. Um, you won't thank me, but uh, again, having seen Shropshire last week, um, I fancy them over Staffordshire. I fancy them to bounce back. Um, they're at Wem uh, taking on Staffordshire in Group 2. This is, this is tough. Um, Wiltshire to edge it over Devon, I think. Uh, very much neck and neck there. Uh, so far this season so a difficult one to call what I will say is they're playing at Sidmouth and we all think that's a fantastic place to play don't we of course at at Sidmouth uh, all power to the Seagulls Uh, Herefordshire against Dorset at uh, at Brockhampton Uh, Herefordshire having a decent time of it as well I think I'm putting down Herefordshire to to just pull that one off in Group 3 Lincolnshire against Cambridge Uh, I've gone for Cambridgeshire a um, decent uh, knock so far this season to, uh, to to edge it over Lincolnshire and Norfolk to uh, to beat Suffolk. Presumably that's uh, that's an interesting tasty fixture that one, a Norfolk uh, against Suffolk at Manor Park. Richard, I don't know if you had any uh, history of that uh, of that in the past. Yeah,
2: no, no, I haven't. But I imagine that's a, a nice local derby for sure, mm. um, and that'll be that'll be an interesting game as well, uh, no doubt. So Suffolk coming off the back of their victory against Lynx. I think. Um, that would uh, be an interesting one to see, but obviously Norfolk c- comfortably beat Hearts as well, so both coming into it off two pretty good victories, so yeah, yeah I think that will be, that'll be a really good one to watch.
1: Indeed. Um, okay, uh, now in Group 4, uh, we've we talked about Wales um, most weeks, and they seem to be kind of running away with it at the moment, but uh, they're playing Berkshire. Um, Berkshire really need to bounce back. I'm going I'm to just, just go with Wales. Uh, at uh, Newport um, hugely difficult one to call of course um, but they do seem to be on a bit of a roll the, uh, the, the Welsh National County side uh, and then finally Buckinghamshire against Oxfordshire at Gerrards Cross and uh, Oxfordshire seem to have uh, uh, have something in them this year and uh, you've been talking about uh, their the strength in depth so we're going to go with Oxfordshire for that
2: well, I'll, be, I'll be watching with beta breath on Sunday <laughs> as the results roll in and, and uh... And see if you're going to take a pretty decent lead on that, which you've got a uh, pretty good opportunity to. But yeah, that's all. That's all. Some really, some really great fixtures there, um, and looking forward to seeing Cam's back in action, having had a bit of a break, and Cumbria as well. Both with obviously Ben having come off his 135, uh, and Michael Slack just having a really great start to the season. So it'd be good to see how those boys bounce back in after a week off.
1: Yeah, and it's really good to have the group. Situation back. I mean, just just kind of going through those games, trying trying to pick pick a winner. Uh, you know, there's some decent pointers, of course, but uh, uh, because everybody's playing quite a bit of cricket, it's uh, it's difficult, really difficult to call. I think.
2: Is it, and I suppose that's what we want. We want to be able. It, we want. We don't want to have. Clear favourites when we're going into these games. We do want it to be really hard for us to make a decision on who we think. And and I suppose the really good example is that it, it, Berkshire have done well historically over the last few years. Mm. But Wales, Wales playing a, a really young, uh, homegrown team. They, they've obviously shown led the way really with three three victories. So it's it's, it's really great to see that the, the the leagues and all the groups are really competitive. And um, and long may that go through the season, hopefully.
1: All right. So we'll review those next week and we'll, uh, as you say, we'll brush up on our uh, net run rate <laughs> knowledge yeah. very quickly, I think. OK, great. Yeah. The National Counties Cricket
0: Association podcast. So we've
1: got re- uh, weekend four of the knockout trophy coming up this weekend, Richard, and then uh, it, all, uh, it all finishes on uh, the 4th of July. The three-day game then takes over and, of course, the showcase games are up and coming as well.
2: Yes, yeah, so they're taking place towards the middle, middle of the end of, uh, of July and we'll delve into those a little bit more next week on the podcast uh, and give you some information about where those games are taking place, who's playing who, and we can run through a little bit of the, the fixture list there. Um, but yes, they're, they're, they're going to be on us before we know it, really, in uh, the next three or four weeks, which is really exciting.
1: Exciting times, indeed. OK, well, should we, uh, should we leave it there and uh, perhaps go and brush up on our net run rate and find uh, ourselves for next week? Yeah, absolutely. I'll get my
0: calculator out. (laughs) All
1: right, we'll see you next time. (laughs) Thanks, Rich.
0: Cheers. From Northumberland to Norfolk, Cumbria to Cornwall, we've got National Counties Cricket covered.